running backs win fantasy football leagues. It, it's really that simple. Not just your Christian McCaffrey's, Jonathan Taylor's, Derrick Henry's of the last three, four, five years, but also the guys in like week 16, week 17. I'm talking about the Rashad Pennies, the Justin Jacksons, the Tim Hightowers of the world that grab those titles. So today, Hayden Winks, for the final time this summer for the 2022 NFL season, it's running back tears time. It's the position that matters the most. We have the most strategy today. My big goal here is finding the backs that are actually going to get the ball a ton. And then the backups, if one injury breaks their way, all of a sudden they're into the starting lineup. So I'm using this kind of chart. You can find it on Underdog Network, but it's it's all about usage. So we have about 30 names we're going to hit on today. We're going to spend a little bit more time on the names at the top. And as you'll see, because the great production team at Underdog, those names in each tier are going to pop up at the top of each conversation. Let's kick it off. Some sites have Jonathan Taylor as the running back one. We have Christian McCaffrey as the running back one. He's played in 10 games under Matt Rule, and in nine of those contests, he was a top five running back. We know the injuries that he's faced over the last two seasons, hoping they're a fluke because once he's out there, he is the unquestioned king, both in running attempts, passing attempts, and goal line situations too. He's been the best fantasy running back in the last five, 10 years. And I'm going to go back to the well. I know there's injury risk here, but 22 half PPR points per game, uh, upgrade at quarterback, upgrade at left tackle, upgrade at guard as well through trade, the draft, free agency, and Ben McAdoo's offense. I'm not expecting great things here, but at least they play fast in this yep. three of the four seasons with the Giants when he was the play caller. They were top four in neutral situation pace. So that would be another win for Christian McCaffrey. So how I have it, CMC one, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, then Jonathan Taylor from overall rankings. Yeah, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor, then our running back two here in tier one. Last year with the Colts, this offense could not be trusted with Carson Wentz. And Jonathan Taylor was an absolute phenom. You all know this, not just in the rushing game, inside the tackles, outside the tackles. The big plays were outstanding. Maybe the most efficient player in all of fantasy football, not named Debo Samuel and Jamar Chase last season. Could the change in the offense, I can see it from two different perspectives. One, Matt Ryan comes in and he's just better than Carson Wentz. He'll be trusted more than Carson Wentz. But also, I can see the Colts offense just being better this season because of that quarterback change. And that means more points, more red zone opportunities, more high-value high touches too. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor's as straightforward as it gets. Just basically, do you like the running backs at the uh, round two, three turn, or do you like the wide receivers there? Because I've been liking my starts when I go Justin Jefferson, and then I can find some of these running backs that we'll get to um, in a second. We'll want to throw out Austin Eckler. He's kind of in this tier. He's kind of in the next tier. I think if the Chargers don't bring somebody in after these cuts, I think he is a tier one back. If, if, If they bring in a Ronald Jones, now going to Madison type, then I think he is in this next year. Okay, there goes tier one, tier two time. Dalvin Cook. Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon. I'm getting real, real, let's say Sean McVay, Todd Gurley vibes with Kevin O'Connell and Dalvin Cook. We know he might miss one, two, or three games per season because that persistent nagging shoulder issue. But what we have also seen from Dalvin Cook is not a one of a kind runner, but really close to it. And again, O'Connell's going to play with a lot of pace, play with some spread. Uh, three wide receiver sets almost certainly on this team. And then we've seen from the start of the offseason where Dalvin Cook being more and more involved in the passing game. Again, I bet O'Connell leads on him quite a bit this season. Yeah, over the last three seasons, he has a 2,000 total yard 17 game pace. Even last year, 
his expected fancy points were fourth highest, only behind Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Jonathan Taylor. He's boom bust because that shoulder can come out at any second, but we are playing uh, for ceilings here, of course. Okay, running back five, Najee Harris. Last season, fantastic. The volume king. Now, if you want to maybe poke holes in what is a great profile for Najee Harris, he doesn't quite have the big play ability that every single other back right ahead of him has. Yeah, but the snaps is what I care about most. And last year, he had 978. Next closest at the running back position, 808. He was first in targets as a rookie. He was second in targets split out wide in the slot. Let's repeat that. The only yeah. running back ahead of him was Chris or uh, Cordero Patterson. We're talking about a 240-pound back, very unique player, very unique skill set, and the Steelers last year were 28 in yards per drive. That was fewer than the Jets, the Falcons, Jaguars, and Bears. The bar for this offense to be a little bit better is not very high, so I think Najee Harris is, I think, locked into top eight production. I think that if they're just a little bit better than we're expected, he could break into that first tier. And he's locked into the middle or end part of your first round right now. Quickly, and we've talked about this a lot this summer, the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense could just be better this year oh yeah right i mean last what we saw of ben roethlisberger arm falling off not good first read quarterback and what we've seen from a little bit of mitch trubisky but also even more so kenny pickett this preseason has been really really promising okay derrick henry was the man for so long of last year let's not forget though that titans team with him and without him was the number one team in the afc that's where i am the reason I have him ranked a little bit lower than obviously the top back or the second back is because I think the Titans in totality are going to take a few steps back this season. It first starts with AJ Brown, obviously the second spot that I think the little bit of the weakness here is all of a sudden this Titans offensive line is ranked 28th and established the runs Brandon Thorne's rankings. Uh, Taylor, the one their left tackle has just been injured. Hasn't been playing as well. They're starting a left guard that's never played before in the right tackle is undersized, didn't have a great rookie season last year. Of course, Derrick Henry, he did have 30 half PPR points in three of his eight games last year. So there is upside here. Um, he is a little bit older. He Obviously, the usage is out of control. He doesn't catch many passes. For the for the 10 weeks that he's healthy, he's going to be dominating. You just don't know how much the Titans uh, are going to be able to sustain uh, leads like they have in like the previous couple seasons. Okay, close out tier two with Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. What a player he is, beloved by many coaches throughout the league. And at the very least, simple analysis here. His offensive line goes from one of the league worst to at least, at least league average. And we've talked about how that can improve the passing game, how that can give Zach Taylor trust in throwing down the field or putting more of the responsibility from start to finish on Joe Burrow's shoulders. I don't know if we've given enough time for how much of an impact he can have for Joe Mixon. He gets so many high value touches too. And this is one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, fourth highest expected touchdowns from last year, and that was with a bottom five off the line. Established the run has them as the number 11. They've added their entire right side of the line is brand new and upgraded. Uh, and I just wanted to throw out there, uh, yeah, he's not like the third down back. He's not the two-minute drill back yet. But even without that, he was still on pace for 49 receptions yeah. last year over the last couple seasons since Joe Burrow's been there, averaging 94 total yards per game. 0.8 total touchdowns per game last year he was the running back five overall you can't really rank him much lower than that because that was without the passing volume what happens if they do throw him a couple more passes this year 
Yeah. Okay. Those are the seven running backs almost certainly being drafted in your first round before we move on to tier three. If you are new to the channel, one, so glad to have you, but also we've got so much other great content to help you win your fantasy draft and also your league throughout September, October, November, so on and so forth. So before we move on, smash that subscribe button, hit thumbs up. We just want to be a part of your fantasy football championship this season. Can I say one thing real quick? We're going to round two. Last year, look at these the red dots up here. These were round two picks. Your Austin Ecklers, your Joe Mixons, your Najee Harris, your Jonathan Taylors. Round two last year, the running backs were the ones that won these leagues. So we have to be really careful here um, because we know once we get to the running back dead zone, the running back production falls off a cliff. So we got to really nail these next couple of picks here. Well, let's nail these sweet spots. And this is really my favorite grouping to choose from with these backs. And let's kick it off with a man who a few months ago was going a little bit later than this, but Saquon Barkley now in the Giants offense with Brian Dayball. Yeah, and the first thing we have to address is the pace, the coaching staff, the concepts. And right now it's still Matt Breida's at the RB2 behind Saquon Barkley. He's going to have one of the highest snap counts, one of the highest targets, the highest goal line carries, all of it. The offensive line is a little bit better than Saquon's been used to. They have, they've addressed both tackle spots with first round picks in recent seasons. So as long as he's healthy and all the beat reporters indicate that he is healthy, I think we can see him return, not just like the top five. I can see him in like the top three. I think he has one of the highest ceilings out of any of these picks in the second round. Yeah, I think he has top three upside. A few notes here on Saquon Barkley. One, the Giants have been very strict on any practice clips being broadcast through media circles. There's been some, if you read between the lines of the beat writer, some fun usage for Saquon Barkley in a bunch of different alignments. Also, Giants camp has not been clean for all their position groups. It's like a travesty right now at the wide receiver spot. Yes. Kenny Galladay cannot move. Kadarius Tony has missed some time. Wandale Robinson is shining in the slot. And so Brian Dayball, while with the Buffalo Bills, really focused on spreading things out, putting everything on the shoulders of, of Josh Allen, allowing him to be a pedal-to-the-floor type player. If you go back to his year as the play caller with Alabama, when so much of that talent was four- and five-star running backs and a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts, he pounded the freaking rock. Yep. So he knows how to specialize and how to focus his offense around the top talents, and that's obviously, obviously going to be Saquon Barkley this season, both in the rushing and receiving game. And man, their tackle pairings are so much better this year than they have been in the last few years. And I get out of here with his injury-prone stuff because oh, he yeah. stepped on an ankle last year, twisted it, had softballs. It's fine. It's not a long-term knee issue like we're going to talk about with some of these other running backs. Okay. Yeah, if he, if he was healthy, he would be a first-round pick. So For you're, sure. getting the, you're getting the bargain. Tier three continued. Leonard Fournette. One of our favorite running backs that I think makes people stupid over and over and over every single year. But what we saw from Leonard Fournette last year was a workhorse player, Hayden Winks. And what we should be getting again this year, 25 carries inside the 10-yard line and high-value touches last year. Ronald Jones was next close in the team with nine. He's out of there. People should be falling and, and over themselves to draft Leonard Fournette in round two. You can probably get him in round three, at least at the round two, three turn. So we're definitely ranking him ahead of that. I think this is an upside call. Obviously, if he's bad, they can bring on Rashad White, who we'll get to later in the show. But they did give him $11 million guaranteed this offseason. And last year, in the 11 games as a full-time running back, he had an 86 reception pace, which would have absolutely smoked all the other running backs. Uh, 17 and a half total touchdown pace as well he didn't come off the field on any of the 11 snaps of preseason week three i do like rashad white but i think they have 
chemistry and Tom Brady wants Lenny Fournette out there. So we can be looking at one of the few bell cow running backs here and I'm willing to roll the dice. Alvin Kamara running back 10. I don't want to do like a live re-ranking here, but I'm totally here for it if people want to rank him as a top seven running back this season. Uh, obviously, the Saints believe this is a window for them to win. Uh, four of their five offensive linemen are absolutely fantastic. Maybe a few questions there at left tackle, but he looks shot out of a cannon, I think, in preseason. And all the national beat writers, all the national writers and general insiders are saying that a suspension is very unlikely to hit him this season. Yeah, I'm not really worried about the suspension, but I still think you can poke some holes with Alvin Kamara. Last Ooh. year, career low, 3.7 yards per carry. It was the first year without Drew Brees. He catches 3.6 receptions per game. In the first four years, that was up at 5.4. Now you add Michael Thomas, you add Chris Olave, you add Jarvis Landry. Jameis Winston's not as likely to check the ball down. I'm not sure if we're going to come near those uh, previous reception totals. He's getting a little bit older, smaller back with a lot of uh, usage uh, historically the offensive line's not as good so even without the suspension I still think we're talking about a low-end running back one and not that elite running back that we we're used to okay a running back 11 flag plant time James oh, yeah. Conner speaking of Leonard Fournette is a second round pick for many of you out there James Conner is going to fall to the middle of the third round for many of you and Hayden for my seat I think people are miscategorizing what the Arizona Cardinals backfield was last season they think it was early down work for James Conner than passing down work for Chase Edmonds. That's absolutely not the case. It was between the 20s, Chase Edmonds, and then inside the 20 high-value touches for James Conner. And then what happened this offseason? Chase Edmonds gets a deal in Miami, and James Conner gets paid a boatload of money Tons. to stick around in Arizona. They didn't go out and spend a high draft pick. They didn't go out and sign someone else to be his compliment. And in the six games... That James, excuse me, that Chase Edmonds missed last year, that James Conner held it down. He was a running back one, running back 17, running back seven, running back 12, running back two, and running back one overall. This is his backfield. It's an outstanding fit and follow the money because what we're seeing is a full time James Conner that you can get in round three. He has soft hands. He knows what he's doing. He was on a 78 reception pace in those seven games without Chase Edmonds last year. And all I hear with James Conner is, negative touchdown regression candidate. And I agree. My model agrees. But still, he was still seventh in 11, uh, with 11.2 expected touchdowns, according to my model, which is after where his current ADP is. Yes, you have to roll the dice because he's a little bit older. He's definitely been injured uh, previously. People think he's bad. I will argue with that point. Um, but either way, the upside is there. We saw it last year. Uh, he's being drafted after where he finished last year. And I think that there's definitely lots of upside in round three. Okay, first split backfield that we're really talking about here at running back 12, that is Aaron Jones. What I'm fascinated about is how this team is going to be as successful inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line as we saw last year. And Hayden, as you pointed out, all offseason, maybe Mr. Splits in terms of with his teammate Devontae Adams and without him, which is going to happen this year, Aaron Jones's numbers are drastically different. Definitely like him more in full PPR. I think he can catch 80 passes this year, which would be absurd, but just because of the lack of uh, wide receiver depth. I am a little bit nervous that this will be one of the biggest committees there is. I think that A.J. Dillon, who split goal line reps inside the five-yard line last year, I can see him getting a larger chunk of the pie there. And I think that A.J. Dillon is better than Aaron Jones at burning out the clock here. So I think this is the, the one of the first running backs where I'm like definitely concerned that he's going to be a 55, 60% running back, which is still enough to be on the uh, RB1-2 border. Uh, I just prefer him in full PPR. Nick Chubb still in Tier 3 here. Running back 13. I freaking love Nick Chubb's game. 
arguably like the best pure runner of the football in the league running behind a, I don't know, top five, top three offensive line. We know Deshaun Watson is going to miss a number of games a season, more than half of the year. Uh, but Nick Chubb, again, in terms of big plays, explosive plays, 15 plus 30 plus yards. If this team is going to remain in playoff contention for when the redacted quarterback does come back, I think it's so much of it's going to flow through Nick Chubb this season. He was the RB12 per game and half PPR last year. I think that's kind of where he's going to settle in. Um, the upside cases of Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson gets traded, but we still haven't seen Nick Chubb on like a 60 reception pace. And until that happens, he's going to be on the RB12 border. So if we rank players like Leonard Fournette and James Conner way ahead of ADP, we have to call attention to maybe someone that we rank lower than where he's being drafted right now in your leagues. And that's uh, DeAndre Swift. We have him as the running back 14. I'll take this one. I fall on the sword for us, Hayden. Uh, I love DeAndre Swift. Like he's a, he's a really talented player. And most importantly, last year that shined in the receiving game. I mean, he had 62 receptions, 24 missed tackles last year as a pass catcher, but I am slightly nervous about him as a pure runner when comparing him to the other 13 names that we talked about. I mean, his, his PFF rushing grade was well worse than Jamal Williams, his teammate. He only forced 17 missed tackles as a runner last season on 151 carries and consider that seven of those were versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure, he can improve 100%. And is Dan Campbell taking over the play calling from start to finish a big boost for him in comparison to the first like eight weeks of last season? Yes, but the Lions also want to be in more neutral and positive game scripts this season and not the hyper negative, check the ball down to DeAndre Swift when the opposition secondary is playing way 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 deep coverage and Jared Goff just wants to get some yards out there and again that allowed DeAndre Swift to create last year I'm just think the the, the production is going to have to be created in a different way this year yeah Jamal Williams will have a role and we'll see if the De DeAndre Swift's target competition ends up mattering I think he's going to be an RB1 but I think he'll probably be the lower half the last of this tier is Javante Williams, who's kind of in a similar boat. I think this will be a committee. It's probably 60-40, 55-45 with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's a reliable back kind of in ways that Jamal Williams is. Obviously, Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift move better than their counterparts. We just have to see it. Um, but they're kind of like medium loss, big-time win players. So I still think at the end of round two, beginning of round three, I'm still going out of my way to find these running backs over kind of the wide receivers in the same uh, ballpark. That is the close of tier three. By the way, if your league is yet to draft or you still have that drafting itch because your team is done, Best Ball Mania 3 on Underdog Fantasy is the place to play. You can win $2 million for the best team out there, $1 million in second place. Heck, if you have the best roster in the regular season, you also get a $1 million in your pocket. Again, Best Ball, if you've never played it, there's no waivers, there's no trades, there's no setting your lineup each and every week. You just draft your best team. And we'll pick your best lineup for you. That's it. So use promo code the show. It's linked down in the description below. If you've never tried best ball, now is the time to do it. Okay. I have Go one ahead. quick thing, Josh. This is the point, I think, that where the teardrop begins. And I think by this point in your home leagues, you either want one or two running backs out of those, those top tiers. Um, if you are going zero RB, the times to do that is in full PPR. And if you do do it, make sure you stop drafting wide receivers because you're going to need a whole bunch of running backs on the back end. We're getting into the running back dead zone. You have to tread lightly in this tier. There's a bunch of wide receivers, Juju's, uh, Gabe Davis's that we're expecting to break out here. In your home leagues, draft some of these stud running backs and then tread lightly in these tiers. So I'm only be throwing out a couple names 
uh, in these next couple minutes to you. Yeah, you can draft some of these running backs or like Allen Robinson and Rashad Bateman. Brandon, I like get ahead of, of the big, yeah. big breakouts. Okay, we've reached the edge of the cliff. Let's jump down. To lead the fourth tier of running backs, it's Ezekiel Elliott. Very funny and timely that Jerry Jones just came out and said, our success, it flows through Zeke. I bet we see more Tony Pollard than usual, Hayden, but we'll talk about him in a moment. Yeah, I think Zeke's going to be in line for all the goal line work, and they don't have as many people to throw the ball to either. So I think he's definitely an RB2. That's where he was last year when he was fighting through that PCL injury. Our running back 17, Travis Etienne, being drafted a few spots earlier, probably in your league. It's basically his rookie season, right? And all that we've heard through Jaguars camp is that Travis Etienne is super, super explosive. Maybe they can get him the ball in some creative situations. I just think that he is not a full-time 70%, even 60-plus percent snap player of the season because James Conner, Snoop, or excuse me, James Robinson, Snoop Connor, someone is going to see some, not just passing down work because of pass pro, but also other situations too. I'm worried about the goal line work with Travis Etienne. He yep. can do it. We just haven't gotten that answered yet. And I would rather roll the dice on him in like round five, but he's going like at the three, four turns. So too rich for me. We have Elijah Mitchell slightly ahead, running back 18. I think you and I from our seat, no one has really claimed the starting running back job in Kyle Shanahan's system this preseason. One that Elijah Mitchell missed some time because of a hamstring issue, but he was fantastic last season coming from obscurity and it's like no one even cares out there. Yeah, last year he was 32nd in fantasy points over replacement per game. I don't see anyone. I watched three sermon snaps, Ty Davis price ups, Jeff Wilson snaps. He's clearly the fastest running back on the team it's super valuable to him his hamstring injury he's back at practice no concerns there the offensive line is worrisome but elijah mitchell fits exactly what kyle shanahan's looking for i'm okay with him in like the dead zone here if he's my second running back okay some others in this list david montgomery Brees hall aj Dillon. let's now talk about clyde edwards elaire as running back 22 speaking of preseason and how camp can kind of twist these running back situations Everyone's been trying to force out from the outside end CEH as the lead ball carrier on this team. All that we've seen, all it indicates is that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is locked in yep. as the best running back in this team behind a fantastic offensive line, both as pass protectors, but also as run blockers. So could CEH actually be, and dare I say it, a value in leagues right now? Well, he goes after the running back dead zone. We just kind of escape the running back dead zone. He goes after it, and we're talking about the second-best offensive line according to establish the run. He is a decent between-the-tackles rusher, assuming that he's healthy. He bounces back from his injury a couple seasons ago, and Andy Reid still has an insane history of running back ones in fantasy. So I'm not rolling, uh, ruling him out as being the guy that you need, and he goes after the running back dead zone. I do want to throw out one more running back dead zone name i am fine with aj Dillon for the reasons uh we were against aaron jones a little bit david montgomery he goes much later than everybody nobody wants david montgomery he's just one of those guys but last year he was the running back 16 per game on running back eight fantasy usage obviously that's taking into account that he's not going to be very efficient behind the offensive line but last week in the preseason week three 20 of 22 first team reps he looks good he's going to catch the ball zero special team snaps out there for those yeah. people that were concerned about that he's the running back where it's like he has to just get benched for this not to work out at the price hike he's going at. Yeah. Or the offense can like totally be the worst in the league. And I don't know if it's going to be at, I don't at think that so. level. Me either. Final point on CEH. 
Also, if he gets the goal line work and we don't know who's getting that as of right now, that's a huge win in his pocket because even that team hasn't treated him as such. I thought that's why they brought Ronald Jones in and it certainly doesn't seem to be the case. So it really could be CEH's job. And they did sub him back in at the five-yard line in the preseason game and he's getting all the early down work. So I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if he's not the goal line back. I, I want to close out with Cam Akers actually of this yeah. tier four, because I think that he's a pretty good example of trying to reset your priors as the offseason goes along. Because I sat here thinking of Sean McVay's history prior to training camp and saying that he loved one primary back. But as soon as we hit training camp, Jordan Rodriguez has been saying this. We have Charles Robinson on this very channel who has said this, that Sean looked at himself in the mirror and said, hey, some of the best teams in the league rotate their their backs. And I'm going to do that from now on. I'm not going to give 18, 27, 14, and 16 touches to Kim Akers right off Achilles injury to win us a Super Bowl. So he's going to go much earlier in your drafts, probably is like the running back 19. I'm just kind of fading that at that price. I, I think Kim Akers, there is a chance he goes out there and is by far and away the best runner on this team in comparison to Daryl Henderson or Kyron Williams or so on and so forth. But right now it doesn't seem like he's fully healthy. And again, from a philo ph philosophical standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint, it sounds like Sean McVay does want to rotate his running backs far more often than he has in his past. Last year, they were bottom 10 in running back usage because they have Matthew Stafford to throw the ball around. Daryl Henderson's healthy. Cam Akers has not practiced in a couple of weeks. He's not. They're not sure if he's going to be ready for, for week one. And quietly, Kyron Williams, who we were on pre-draft, he's like a pass protection back. They opted not to play him this preseason because he's too valuable to the team. Committee. And want to keep in mind, Sonny Michelle had 45 carries inside the 20-yard line last season, which was fourth among our running backs, which is always shocking for me to point out. Okay, there it is. There's tier four. Tier five time. The people's favorite, Tony Pollard. Could we actually see? Is he the best nominee for snaps in the slot for running back this season? Oh, for sure. I think they're actually going to use two running back sets here, and but obviously we're playing for the upside if something happens to Zeke Elliott. But I, I do think that for the first time, I'm willing to admit, he might be a flex play. Previously, we would pretend that he's a flex play. This year, I actually think he's going to be a flex play. Okay. He's running back 24. Let's talk about in our rankings, the running back 25 and 26. They're both Patriots running backs. It's Damian Harris, and then it's Ramondre Stevenson. Overarching point for me for the Patriots backfield, I think it's going to be much more condensed than what we've seen in the past. And my advice how to handle this is if you're into the Patriots offense this season, draft the one that falls. It's really that simple. An underdog, that's Damian Harris, who last year had 30 carries inside the 10-yard line and had 15 total touchdowns. Um, on underdog, people are going crazy. It's that hot, hot Ramondre summer, and he's been steamed up about 40 spots over the last couple months. But then I'm doing a bunch of these home league drafts, and Ramondre goes way later than Damian Harris on a bunch of these default rankings. So in that case, I'll lean to Ramondre Stevenson, who was insane in terms of big plays last year. 10-plus yard runs, 20-plus yard catches. Only three players had 15% of all their touches equal that mark. Nick Chubb, Rashad Penny, and Ramondre Stevenson. So again, if you want to invest in the Patriots offense, just take the one on the platform that you are using that is going later. Yeah, last year they were third in combined usage uh, for Patriots running backs. You're going to be dividing that by two instead of dividing that by three. Ty Montgomery seems like he suffered uh, a moderate to severe injury. I think they're going to rotate drives similar to Melvin and Javante last year and play all three downs on each of them, and that would be a win 
for both of them. I have Damian Harris like one spot ahead of Ramondre because I think that he's going to be first in line there. But Ramondre definitely viable as well. Okay, next two, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs. Lots of stuff going on in training camps for both. For J.K. Dobbins, it sounds like he avoided the pup list, but then we also might get a potential IR spot with him. At most, he's not fully healthy heading into a season, whereas what you've outlined, a Ravens backfield that might not be as prosperous from a running back standpoint as maybe people want to make it out to be. They don't throw the ball to the running back, so they were fourth in running back fantasy usage last year. J.K. Dobbins just doesn't look healthy to me, so full fade. And I'm fading Josh Jacobs entirely because I think with Josh McDaniel, speaking of uncondensed backfields, if that's the proper term, uh, they are going to have Samir White touches. They obviously have Amir Abdullah in passing situations, and then they brought Brandon Bolden as a special teamer who can fill in in whatever role. So I'm just out on where Josh Jacobs is going in drafts. The people are out, though, on our running back 29, and that's Cordero Patterson. And Hayden, when you look back at what CPAT did to start last season, it was unreal for where we had previously seen him as a player. 23 fantasy points, 16, 34, 18, 12, 13, 13, another 25-point game, another 12-point game. But everyone is just allowing him to fall all the way down to the running back 37 spot. Can you explain this? I mean, it's just he's old. We haven't seen him in, inside the preseason. I'm not sure if I want to tell our listeners to go out and draft CPAT. But it's if a he's weird in, spot, in isn't hundreds, it? In the hundreds, I think he's going to be fine. It's a weird spot because he did so well last year. I could see him succeeding in a similar way as he did in the previous season. But at the same time, do I want everyone who's watching this to go out there and draft Cordero Patterson? I will say I've seen a lot of like, oh, he just disappeared over the last four or five weeks. I think that was kind of planned. Like Arthur Smith, we talked about this. He came off an injury, CPAT did, and then he basically just sat him out the rest of the season and didn't play him in the same kind of usage but it's just it's just funny because none of these other running backs in Tyler Algier or Damien Williams or Quadri Allison have they gone out there and claimed the starting running back spot and meanwhile CPAT was put in bubble wrap all preseason and yet you're still able to get him as running back 37 yeah I don't know if he's catching passes if he's the goal line back it's the wild wild west with him okay a couple other names here in tier five Damien Pierce Chase Edmonds Miles Sanders comments uh those aren't my favorite I have some other names. Uh, go ahead. Go well, we, do love, we do love Damian Pierce. Now he's a darling of everyone's preseason. He granted he's on the Houston Texans and surely they might use Rex Burkhead in some of those situations, but no one really caught my eye more this preseason in terms of picking up the yards block for him, but most importantly, creating on his own, stressing to the outside, cutting it up the field. He is so aesthetically pleasing, and it felt like from that first performance this preseason, Lovey Smith was like, hey, man, we know that you're the guy. Let's just wait it out till week one. Yeah, I think he's going to be like on that RB2-3 border, and until he basically takes Rex Burkhead's role on passing downs, I think he can do that, um, but this is the Texans. I'm expecting a two-down back to start the season. Okay. We do have still... Kenneth Walker ranked fairly highly, running yep. back 33. It was a difficult ranking for me because we know he's dealing with a hernia issue. There are all different types of hernia issues, as we now know. It's not maybe the same one as Rashad Bateman last year, but Hayden, earlier on this summer, we were trying to advocate for Kenneth Walker because we thought he was overlooked as a fantasy prospect, despite in the real NFL draft, only going four spots later than Brees Hall. Where do we stand now with Kenneth Walker? Yeah, the wild, wild west with him as well. I think that you just have to be patient with Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be the post-buy rookie bump candidate. 
Um, but like you said, just where he goes in ADP versus where he was drafted compared to all the other running backs, it's just way later. And I want to remind people, he averaged 150 yards per game against the Big Ten, declared early, then ran a, a sub 4-4, went in the second round. I, I Yes, he's it's on a bad team. He's injured, all that stuff. If you just keep him on your bench, I think come November and December in, in week 17 against the Jets at home, I think he's going to be a guy that you're going to want to have. Okay, let's close out this tier with Kareem Hunt. Melvin Gordon, Rashad Penny, and Antonio Gibson. Which name do you want to end on? Melvin Gordon, to me, this is like this year's James Conner. James Conner really took off once Chase Edmonds missed some time. I think that would have to be the case with Javante Williams here again. But last year, he was the running back 28 per game. I think that he's probably going to hold on to about 40% of the work here. Obviously, he's the bell cow. And if the Broncos offense is as good as we think, I still think Melvin Gordon has top 12 running back in his range of outcomes, it would require an injury. But to me, I think you might be able to get him into your flex spot um, if he has 40% of the work as well. Let's couch the Antonio Gibson conversation to when we get to Brian Robinson a little bit later. So let's jump now to, I believe it's tier six. Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary, Naeem Hines start this conversation. Let's talk about Alexander Madison, who has been one of the best running back handcuffs running back insurance names in the previous years. Whenever Dalvin Cook goes down, boom, Alexander Madison almost certainly is ranked as a top 10 back on your weekly waiver wire. Yeah, last year he had three games of 19.9 or more half PPR points. Dalvin Cook, like we said, we said he's boom bust because of that shoulder always seems to act up and Alexander Madison's there. If he does get traded, uh, that means a team wants Madison to be their running back one. Um, so I think we're kind of a win-win situation right now. Yeah, I tried to look around here with some Vikings beat writers because it seemed like all the fans want Ty Chandler, Kane, and Wangu out there. And sure, those guys might pop in for some explosives. But if Dalvin Cook goes down, Alexander Madison's going to be the one who sees the 15-plus, 17-plus touches. Okay, one name after him, we're much higher on than ADP, and we keep trying to shout from the rooftops of why people should be drafting him. As running back 42 for us, that is Michael Carter. Again, that's so different than in your drafts. Maybe Brees Hall goes around the running back 18 spot. I think people just overlook how good Michael Carter is. He was fantastic last season. He's excellent between the tackles. He forces missed tackles. He creates big plays. And we know from his days at Chapel Hill, man, he, he's a great receiving back too. But again, when you draft the first running back in that draft class, it's just everyone wants to hand Brees Hall 17-plus touches. But at the very least, Hayden, we've heard from everyone that Michael Carter, if not the starter, is a huge factor all season long. Michael Carter kept Javante Williams in a committee uh, in college, and I think that he's going to be able to do that with Brees Hall. He's been the 1A in all the preseason games. He's entered first last year. Michael Carter was third in elusiveness rating, 11th in yards after contact per carry. His vision is excellent. Um, I think it's going to be close to 50-50. I think that early in the season, Michael Carter is actually going to project better than Brees Hall. Eventually, that will flip because Brees Hall is so electric. But to me, you're talking about like maybe a flex play, but also has that insurance appeal. Like right now, Tevin Coleman's their, their third running back. Like yeah. it's over. It would be Michael Carter. Um, so I think that he's one of the best values, not even just in running backs, but in all of fantasy. And I don't want to mush Brees Hall. Like he's fantastic once he gets to the seam and to the outside and create those really, really big plays. The constant man is, is Michael Carter. If I can put a gold star next to any one of these, that talent meets value. I think Michael yeah. Carter is that pick for me in fantasy drafts right now. Okay. He's going after Isaiah Pacheco enough. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. 
James Cook, running back 43, and Khalil Herbert at running back 44. You talked about David Montgomery. We've talked about Alexander Masson in relation to, to Dalvin Cook. I think we need to bring up how Khalil Herbert is just a proven, insane talent at a backup position across the league. I think he's fantastic. Like last year, when David Montgomery went down, he had 20 carries and two receptions per contest. Like you can hate the 2022 Bears, but you can't hate on Khalil Herbert's talent. And again, I go back to backup running backs win people's titles towards the end of the season. Rashad Penny last year, Daryl Williams had 24 points. Boston Scott, Deontay Foreman had 19 all in week 17. We talked about Justin Jackson week 16 with his 30 points. Khalil Herbert should be ranked higher in relation to other split backfields. I'm not saying it's going to be as split of some of these other situations as we've seen, but if Dave Montgomery goes down, then I think Khalil Herbert is from a talent standpoint, a top 20 runner in the league. He can run between the tackles. I still think the passing game is a little work in progress and yep. pass protection and some pass, uh, just some drops uh, in general. So that's why I think David Montgomery's going to hold on to the valuable touches to me, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams. I'm fine with both of them. They're very similar backs where they're going to be better between the tackles. But if something happens to DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery, we're talking about somebody I think would be playing 75, 80% of snaps. And it's just hard to find those types of backs this late in the drafts. Okay, let's close out tier six with two more names. Rashad White, you wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Loved him coming out of Arizona State. A bit of a confusing situation of exactly what his role is going to be from week one, at least, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that much playing time. I just think he's such an elite insurance option. We talked about Leonard Fournette and his usage down the stretch last year. I don't think that would be Keyshawn Vaughn. After uh, the last couple of weeks in preseason, Rashad White's been coming in. Last week, he got the entire second drive after Fournette's day was done. Going back to college, we're talking about a bell cow back. Average 135 yards per game, 1.5 total touchdowns per game in those last two seasons at Arizona State. He was second in PFF's receiving grade. There's a chance that he steals some receiving work from Leonard Fournette. I think just ultimately... You want to be betting on Leonard Fournette and Rashad White on different teams because this is just the usage in the Bucks backfield is unparalleled, like basically with any other team in the league. Closing out tier six, Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson, James Robinson, and Zamir White. Uh, let's have that Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson conversation. This is all still new and fresh of the horrible situation that Brian Robinson found himself in getting shot in the leg twice. Um, we know in the preseason, though, that he won the starting job for the Washington Commanders. I mean, Antonio Gibson went out there after awful fumbling issues in 2021 then fumbled, I believe, in the second touch of the preseason. He was punished by Ron Rivera, taken out of the starting lineup, started doing special team snaps, only playing the preseason basically in passing situations with the first team because J.D. McKissick was sidelined. And Brian Robinson looked really solid. Now, again, this is almost live re-ranking. It sounds like Brian Robinson is going to play at some point during his rookie season, but not only from us and our standpoint where Antonio Gibson plummeted all the way after B-Rob in drafts now, while people try to reset, I think he's going to be the lead ball carrier for this team once again. Yeah, this is tragic. I think Brian Robinson is going to have a hell of an NFL career. Oh, yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen for the rookie season. I think we'll learn more later in the week what his timeline is supposed to be. I'm just glad that he's healthy. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick are going to split the work as they did previously until Brian Robinson comes back. But I knew for a fact Brian Robinson was a starter until this happened. So I, this is like to me, do you want to be a part of the three running back committee for the commanders this year? Because I don't. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Tier seven. We'll close it out here. Kenny Gainwell, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Spiller, 
Mark Ingram, some new faces, some old faces, some injured rookies, some rookies who sprout up out of nowhere. Maybe we focus on that Chiefs backfield because we talked about Clyde edwards Lair has everyone's fading them. But here, all the way down in Tier 7, you have names like Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. I have my deepest sleeper this year for the running back position is Jarek McKinnon. The Isaiah Pacheco stuff, Ronald Jones, I still think they're battling things out to be like in that like mentor role, Daryl Williams, where like a just basically worthless. Uh, Jarek McKinnon played on the passing downs in the uh, preseason. Maybe in full PPR, you can throw him into your flex during the bye weeks. But also he has some contingent upside if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire misses time. Last year in the NFL playoffs, he played in, on 70% of the snaps on three consecutive games. Two of those were with CH in there. So I'm high on CH. I'm also high on Jarek McKinnon. I just think that those are the two backs to know here. Some other tier seven names, Ty Davis Price, Eno Benjamin, who I think is the one that takes a breather or some passing down snaps with the Arizona Cardinals. So also Joshua Kelly, we mentioned Isaiah Spiller as a ranking. He, they were almost equal draft capital attached to the two. Josh Kelly is the one with some NFL history to his name. And maybe most importantly for that Chargers backfield, Hayden, he's the healthy one at this point. He's a healthy one. Last round in best ball, many three is one of my favorite picks. He was going undrafted for, for most of that. Okay. I think that's going to do it for this entire tier list. We have our full free draft guide, cheat sheet. Everything that you need is linked down in the description below. This is our first video position by position for our final tiers. You can check out wide receivers and quarterbacks and tight ends throughout the rest of the week. You can always find us on Twitter. Ask us questions about your draft. We love seeing your draft boards and using your cheat sheets because you all are smashing those. I mean, just stealing candy from a baby with all your home league friends. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Hayden, I am Josh. Be sure to hit subscribe. We will talk to you all soon.